How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping of the Bit Podcast. This is episode 10. And on this episode, we're going to recap week two in the NFL. And with that, we're going to look at uh, three teams that are up, that I'm high on, three teams that I'm down on after the second week. And we're also going to look at Russell Wilson. Is he indeed underrated in the NFL? Uh, we're also going to look at the Patriots. They're showing with Cam. Are they actually better with him than they would have been with Brady? And then to take, I guess, that Brady aspect to the next level. Maybe Max Kellerman had the wrong quarterback when he said, that somebody is falling off a cliff. I'll let you know who I think that is later on. And then we're going to look at all the injuries that have that went on in the NFL over the weekend and see what was the cause of those. And then, of course, I'm going to end this episode with my review of my week two picks. We're going to see how well I did. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, so I guess to get this episode started, uh, we're going to go over week two in the NFL, which was another exciting week in the NFL. A lot of good games, a lot of close games. A couple of teams, boo, you know, leads late, ended up with heart-wrenching losses. Uh, there were some teams that continued their early winning ways and are starting to, you know, get a little attention. But like I said, I'm going to do the three teams that I'm high on and the three teams that I'm kind of selling. So first team that's impressed me through the first two weeks, I got to say the Arizona Cardinals. They're an interesting team to watch. I like Kyler Murray. Uh, at least through the least through the first two games, he seems like he's coming into his own. And yeah, they're two and zero. And in that division, anyone they can pick up early is definitely going to be a positive because I think they may be in this race all the way to the end. I mean, they look impressive. As long as they can keep Kyler Murray healthy, I think they'll be fine. And that defense, I mean, they held Washington to 15 
points this week. I'm not going to say they're going to do that to everybody, but I mean, if their offense can continually put up 25, 30 points, that's now giving you more room defensively where if you give up 20 points a game, I mean, you're going to be in a lot of games. So Arizona's a team I'm definitely keeping an eye on going forward. Another team that surprised me, I would say the I would say the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, even though they did lose to the Chiefs, but it was the rookie quarterback Justin Herbert's first game as the starter, and he literally only got the start because Tyrod Taylor was uh, found to be, I guess, too injured to play. I think it was right before the coin toss. I believe he had a chest injury, which I think they're going to monitor from week to week to see what's going on there. But he had to bring in a rookie right off the bench to go up against Super Bowl champion Chiefs. I got to tell you, they they held their own. Uh, That's a game that they easily could have won. And they ended up losing in overtime. But, you know, Herbert looked decent. So, if indeed Tyrod Taylor is out for a few weeks, I was going to be tough uh, next week for Herbert. But, I mean, it might be good to get him some action now. Even if ta- even if Taylor comes back in like three or four weeks, at least, you know, Herbert can start to adjust to NFL speed already. Then my third team would be the Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. As they pretty much handled the Saints on Monday night. And I I think Vegas was a team coming in that you weren't really sure what you're going to get. Because they're a team that's been in Oakland past few years. Weren't really doing much of anything. Kind of an afterthought. But then they end up moving to Vegas, which I mean, Vegas is a market that a lot of professional sports are trying to get into. And the fact that the Raiders were the ones to jump in there for the NFL, that kind of gives them a little shot in the arm. They bring in Gruden as their coach. And have you seen John Gruden? John Gruden is all about energy. They had some questions with Derek Carr. I don't know if Gruden was actually sold on Carr, but if the Raiders get the Derek Carr that I saw play against the Saints, there's no reason why the Raiders can't find themselves in the playoffs, which would be great for that fan base. You know, I mean, yes, I'm a Patriot fan, but there's always been something about the Raiders that I've always watched them from afar. I don't know if it's the silver and black uniform or the fact that their fans are there. They got a crazed fan base out there, but it's something that kind of has me interested. So there you go. Those are the three teams that I feel impressed me this week. Now for the other side, the three teams that 
Got a lot of questions to answer. As they did not show well this past week. First team, if you heard my last episode, you can probably guess who the first team I have here. It's the Atlanta Falcons. So they're 0-2. Lucky for them, that division is... I mean, it's still only after two weeks. Most divisions are still up in the air, but this one you have with Tampa Bay and the Saints both one and one, and the Falcons and Panthers are both zero and two. So if they can make the right adjustments, look internally, probably make some tough decisions their season is still ahead of them but if they're going to head down the path where they've been the first two weeks where questionable calls from the coaching staff certain players not playing up to par and a defense that's doesn't like that they're like they're getting any better then this 0-2 start could become you know 0-3, 0-4, 0-3, 0-4, 0-5, you know, and then might be another lost season. And I think there's too much talent, at least on paper, on that team, at least offensively, that that should not be happening right now. So they're the first team that disappointed me. Uh, second team, I'm looking at the Vikings. Like, I know the Vikings lost some pieces on their defense in the offseason. They also lost Stefan Diggs, uh, their wide receiver who played alongside Adam Thielen. But it just seemed like, you know, Kirk Cousins was... It kind of seemed like Kirk Cousins was that was the type of quarterback who will probably get you... Eight, nine wins right off the bat. And then depending on what pieces you have around him, you could consistently be, you know, nine, ten win team. But after these first two weeks, it kind of seems like the pieces that they lost might have been a little too much for them to, I guess, contend in any way this year. Their offense looks anemic. I mean, sure, you have Dalvin Cook, but if, you know, Kirk Cousins can't be effective enough to take all the attention off Dalvin Cook, then what good is Dalvin Cook? Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, actually looking at it, I'll try to see here. Like how many yards of Dalvin Cook have in that game uh, yeah because they lost to the Colts 28-11 I mean I wouldn't have thought that between them and the Colts that they were that far apart but but yeah so Cousins only had 113 yards through the air I mean that's that's terrible through three interceptions I mean I guess that's kind of worse than terrible. That's pathetic. Dalvin Cook only had 63 yards on the ground. So, if Cousins is going to continue to give you sub 200 yard days and turn the ball over, then yeah, Dalvin Cook's not going to be able to do anything. So, that's another team. I think there were some expectations that they were going to contend in that, di- in that division and after two weeks it's not looking like it's going to happen so the final team the third team that's disappointed so far I'm going to go with the Saints I mean it's not to say that the Saints shouldn't have lost to the Raiders because like I said again Maybe the Raiders are a team that people are sleeping on this year. But it's just the way the Saints look. Something's off. Yes, I know that they didn't have Michael Thomas, who's Bree's top uh, threat in the passing game. But I mean, for people to say that Breeze is a top quarterback in this league, you still have Kamara. You have uh, Manuel Sanders, who... I'm not sure Sanders even had a catch in that game. But there's still enough there that Breeze should be able to spread the ball around and still be effective. Um, Yes, Thomas is a big injury, but for a guy of Breeze caliber, that should not be enough to just completely derail your offense. So... Without I'm talking about Breeze, uh, I feel like something interesting to look forward to for the rest of this season is, now Max Kellerman said, I believe it was like four years ago at this point, that Tom Brady was falling off the cliff. Kind of assumed that Brady was just going to become an average quarterback to, I think, out of the league at some point, which... Brady has clearly shown Max was wrong. I mean, Max would be right at some point, but I mean, you can't call it four or five years ago, and then if he falls off a cliff like this year or next year, you can't really call that as a win. But 
I'm starting to think that the guy that he should have been looking at as falling off the cliff was Drew Brees. It kind of seems like the past couple of years that Brees has started to show his age. I mean, he wasn't the I mean, most athletic quarterback anyway. When he was younger, he would scramble a little bit if the defense completely... I mean, the offense completely broke down and he knows there was no defender really looking at him. He'd still you a first down or two with his legs. But now, you know, that's not really much of a concern for defenses anymore. He is a shorter quarterback, so if you've seen him play, he throws passes a lot of times like on his tippy-toe because that's the only way he can really see over the offensive line and because actually in the Raider game he had an interception that way where he was throwing a pass over the middle and um, there was a linebacker kind of sitting there who you probably didn't see and you know yeah but it kind of seems like his numbers are starting to fade each year and then especially later on in the year the past couple of years his numbers have gone down as well I mean I don't know if it's a his age finally catching up to him or maybe defense I don't know maybe it's the defenses that he's facing later in the year and in the playoffs that maybe he's just not good enough to overcome at this point but yeah it just kind of seems like Breeze has fallen off skill wise way more than Brady has I mean Brady's with 43 Breeze is I want to say Breeze is 40 41 actually so so yeah this is the same you know history for quarterbacks over 40 apply to Breeze too. I mean, I just didn't understand why, you know, Kellerman didn't say Breeze was falling off a cliff. And you can't say it's lack of weapons. Breeze has always had pretty decent wide receivers while since he's been in New Orleans. And he has um, Sean Payton who you know, he's regarded as a top coach in the league. Oh, I can argue that he might be a little overrated based off of how a lot of analysts say, you know, he could be the second best coach, third best coach in the league. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, looking at the past couple of years, Last year, he only played in 11 games. Uh, He had... He have an injury? Yeah. So he threw for less than 3,000 yards. Now, mind you, Breeze, only, what, like, five, six years ago, was steadily throwing for over 5,000 yards or near 5,000 yards. And then his last... Year of over 5,000 yards was 2016. 
and he threw for 5,200 yards with uh, 37 touchdowns. But since then, it's been 4,300 yards, 23 touchdowns. 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns. Last year, 3,000 yards, 27 touchdowns. And right now, he's on pace for like 20, 24, 25 touchdowns. And like another 3,000 Yeah, like 3,300 yards. So yeah, that's that's a far cry from 5,000 yards. As you can see, his numbers are on the decline. And then there's already been talk that Breeze is already looking at this being his final year and then jumping into broadcasting next year. So... So, Max, I think you were looking at the wrong quarterback on that one. But that's to take nothing away from Breeze. He will definitely be a Hall of Fame quarterback, as, you know, he deserves to be. I mean, he does only have one ring, but like I said, all those years he had 5,000 passing yards and all the touchdowns he's thrown. Yeah, I have no problem with him being first ballot Hall of Famer. He deserves it. Especially coming back from the shoulder injury he had early in his career with the Chargers when most people thought he was done at that point. So, As they say, Father Time is undefeated. I think he's finally caught Drew Brees. But then to continue the quarterback talk, Uh, It was right before the Sunday night game between the Patriots and the Seahawks where Bill Belichick had his press conference, I believe, on the Thursday before that game. And Belichick brought up something. He said that Russell Wilson is an underrated player in the NFL. And it got me thinking. Like, I've been a Russell Wilson fan. There's something about him that I just like watching him play because he'll he'll turn a play where it looks like they won't that has no chance of being successful. He'll scramble, drop a pass in the bucket to a wide receiver, like and turn what could have been a sack or a negative play into like a 40-50 yard gain down the field. And he, ha- he hasn't had a lot of big-name weapons out there in Seattle with him. I mean, he's kind of turned Tyler Lockett into a household name. He had uh, Jimmy Graham for a little bit, but I think at that point, Jimmy Graham was kind of a dwindling star as well. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. He has Pete Carroll as his coach. Pete Carroll is regarded as a top coach in the league I 
kind of agree with them. But yeah, it's an interesting thing to look at because I mean I would say Russell Wilson's an underrated quarterback. But if you look at it, probably an underrated player as well. Because I would say he's a top player in the league, not just a top quarterback. I mean, he has a strong arm. That's probably because of his baseball background. And he's a scrambling quarterback, but he doesn't really put himself in danger. What I mean by that is if he's scrambling, scrambling around, He's always looking to throw the ball deep first and then maybe do a dump off pass before he looks to run. And when he does run, you know, he's not the biggest guy. So once again, tapping into his baseball background, he's always looking to slide and then lift for another play. But if you watch that game on Sunday, he made some throws that not a lot of quarterbacks in this league could make. Uh, the first touchdown pass to DK Metcalf down is the right sideline. I mean, he threw that pass on the run, kind of one leg, flicked his wrist, threw it down the field. Stephon Gilmore had, I mean, not great coverage, but very good coverage on Metcalf. And uh, Wilson threw it. Through a rainbow pass that landed right in Metcalf's arm, just past uh, Gilmore's diving arm, and then Metcalf walked into the end zone. And then he probably topped that pass later on in the game, I believe, late in the third quarter, when he threw a touchdown pass down the left sideline to David Moore, and Jason McCourty was right there. And it was just above his outstretched arm, right into David Moore's arm. He walked into the end zone. And then there was there was a couple times where Patriots defender had Wilson in the backfield, ready to sack him. And Wilson, you know, did like a quick little stutter step, got around them, extended the play, and then made a play downfield. So, you know, he does all that with, like I said. Got Tyler Lockett, who's his favorite receiver. DK Metcalf, who's starting to become a star in this league because you know Metcalf has a uh, body for a wide receiver that you don't see a lot. Where he's, you know, he's a fast guy, but he's also kind of a big guy, so he can physically outplay corners on a you know 50-50 ball. And once he gets the ball, you know, he can run over a safety. So, yeah. Like for me, you know, you can make the argument for Patrick Mahomes being the best quarterback in the league. I mean, you can make the argument. I'd listen to it. I mean, I got to be honest with you. After Patrick Mahomes, I'd probably take Russell Wilson. That's not to say, I mean, for Baltimore Ravens fans, I get it. Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. But I kind of feel like Russell Wilson is a better version of Lamar Jackson right now. 
Except for Lamar Jackson, when he scrambles, he's looking to run. Because he knows that he has the speed to beat you. Whereas Wilson, like I said, scrambles to throw the ball downfield. But they both extend plays in the back in the backfield to avoid sacks. And then look to make plays out of it. That's kind of where they're at their best. So I would trust Russell Wilson at this point more than Lamar Jackson. So to me, I would say second best quarterback. Because I would take him over Aaron Rodgers, who a lot of the analysts say is the best quarterback in the league. I mean, Tom Brady's 43 at this point. I would take Wilson over him. So I think Belichick's right. Russell Wilson is, like he's not, you know, vastly underrated, but I do think he is a little underrated and overlooked for what he's done in Seattle his whole career. So, I guess to even look at that matchup between, I mean, Russell Wilson had a big day Sunday, Sunday night, but the guy on the other side, Cam Newton, opened up a lot of eyes Sunday night. Um, As I mentioned several times already, I'm a Patriots fan, so I follow the Patriots, you know, closely. You know, once Brady left, I was fine with it. He'd been there 20 years. I, I was ready for that breakup between Brady and Belichick. I was okay with it. And then once they signed Cam, I mean, I was a little bit like... Yeah, I, was, I was keeping an open mind to that. Because, I mean, of course, last anybody's seen of Cam Newton... He had like two injury play gears in Carolina. So I was just looking to see, you know, how healthy was he? But, you know, he won last week against the Dolphins where he showed, you know, he was, he had two rushing touchdowns. So he showed that he's still mobile. He can still get in the end zone with his legs. But as most people thought coming into this week against the Seahawks, He'd have to show more. He'd have to prove he could, you know, throw the ball downfield, be accurate on intermediate throws and dump off passes. And if he did run, he probably couldn't run 15 times like again, like he did against the Dolphins. Seeing as the Seahawks have Jamal Adams on the back end, and if you haven't seen Jamal Adams play with the Seahawks. I mean, he's something to watch. He's their safety, but he plays close to the line of scrimmage a lot. And once the play, you know, starts with a snap, he's already in attack mode and he's flying to the ball. So against a guy like that, you don't really want to expose Cam Newton too much as he's a bigger body, so that's a bigger target for Adams. You know what? Cam showed out. He threw for, I want to say, 397 yards. So we'll give him 400 yards on that. He threw he threw touch passes down the field. He threw bullet passes over the middle. He threw dump-off passes. I mean, he did have the one interception on the quick out. 
but you know he's still he's still learning his receivers, so I'm not gonna you know kill him for that. Um, you know he's he's made Nikhil Harry a weapon in that offense. Um, you know he he and Edelman have already found the chemistry that Edelman and Brady have had where Campbell looked to Edelman first. Uh, you know, Sunday, Edelman had 173 yards through the air, which is actually his most yards in the game, I think, in like six, seven years. So, but clearly that connection's there. Um, Harry struggled last year with Brady as the quarterback to the point where there were a lot of reports that Brady was kind of done with him and stopped looking his way so Harry Harry's uh, time on the field diminished as the year went on but through the first two games it looks like Cam is going to get something out of Harry this year and make him at least you know start to look worthy of that first round pick a couple years ago uh, he had Harry had eight catches for 72 yards on 12 targets. I mean, those are acceptable numbers for me. You might want to see the catch to target ratio a little better, but it seems like as the year goes on, as long as Kim keeps throwing the ball to Harry, I don't see why Harry can't be a eight, ten catch a week kind of guy with a couple of touchdowns in there. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Cam. You know, he's found a connection with Demir Bird as they played with the Panthers last year. So he has some familiarity with him. Uh, he's even thrown passes to Ryan Izzo, who's a young tight end there. And we know that Cam loves throwing the tight ends as he had Greg Olson all those years in Carolina. So, you know, if you put a guy out there who shows he can catch the ball, Cam will throw it to him. So I'm interested to see how uh, Cam, uh, Belichick, McDaniels, how that offense continues to grow. Because I'm sure uh, we know that Belichick is a... Belichick and McDaniels have game specific game plans so I want to see how this offense continues to evolve throughout the year but right now I would definitely say it's a success that I see going forward Cam leading them back to the playoffs but another big story from this week of games has been a lot of the injuries that have been happening seems like especially Sunday it seemed like every game had like two three guys going down with knee injuries here and ankle injury there and it's got me thinking I'm, I mean with those injuries you had you know Saquon Barkley uh, Bruce Irvin Jimmy Garoppolo Nick Bosa um What's the Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke? Like you look around, a lot of injuries, and then there was a lot last week as well. 
So it had me thinking, you know, with this year, 2020 is a special season. There was no preseason, not really much of an offseason. And then we're just jumping into regular season games. I mean, do we actually need preseason? Would preseason have pre- prevented these injuries where, you know, players could get in better shape? Actually, I think that's not the problem here. If you watch any preseason games, most players don't want to be there for that. They, they hate preseason games. What I do think they miss were uh, their joint practices, which I believe most coaches like joint practices more than preseason games anyway, because joint practices, I mean, you're kind of staging scenarios against another team. And, you know, players get to play against, you know, an opposition. And they, they go at it situationally. They'll work on goal line or third and long special teams and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the aspect of the offseason that players and teams have missed this year. So if I were the NFL, I would do away with the preseason. You have your, I guess, four-week offseason because you'll still start your season in September. I'm not looking for them to move that date up. But instead of doing basically your four preseason games in August, you have the teams go through their normal uh, padded practices and uh, padless practices where they're just in shorts and doing walkthroughs. But, you know, each week, or maybe you give them, like, at least two joint practices in that month. I mean, I, I think you could probably give them four. Why not? And then that way, they can kind of simulate a preseason game without, you know, subjecting fans to full four-quarter preseason games where three out of the four are guys playing that you won't see in the regular season will end up on a practice squad or cut or something and then that one game where you see the starters play it's like a couple of plays here and there and it's just like what's the point so but that will be something to watch going forward as if the injuries really do continue at this rate I'm sure a lot of fans are going to start questioning like what's going on here it gets to the point where, you know, an injury to a guy, like a top-tier guy, which ends up affecting playoff races and all that. I mean, I don't know. People are going to start asking a lot of questions about that. But, like I said, I think the injuries are just coincidence, and we don't need preseason. Just just give the teams joint practices and they'll be fine. Because in terms of the product on the field, it doesn't look any different. Your good teams are playing well. Struggling teams are going to struggle. But watching on TV, you couldn't tell that these players didn't have a preseason. So those are just my thoughts on that. And, and now... We're at the point I'm sure you love 
We're gonna go over my picks, see how well I did. Just a recap, last week I went two and three. Tough week. I picked six games this week. Uh, still shooting for 60% over the course of the year. But um, I guess we'll take a look at how well I did. First game I picked, I took Cleveland as a five and a half point favorite over Cincinnati. And it turned out to be that was a 35-30 win for Cleveland, but they did not cover, so that was a loss. Uh, the second game I took was I took Atlanta as the underdog against Dallas, who were the five and a half point favorite. And even though the Falcons lost, it was a 40 to 39 game. So the Falcons did cover. Which means that's a win for me. So right now, one and one so far. Okay. Third game I took, I took the uh, Vikings as the road underdog against Indian uh, against the Colts, who are two and a half point favorite. And Minnesota basically got blown out, 28-11. So I lost that one. Uh, fourth game. I took Tampa Bay as an eight and a half point favorite over Carolina, and Tampa Bay won that game easily, 31-17. So that was a win. Okay, so far, two and two on the week. Okay. Now the final two. Uh, I took New England as an underdog, four and a half point underdog against Seattle. They did lose. They lost 35 to 30. So that was a loss. Close, but still a loss. In the final game, I took New Orleans as a road favorite over the Raiders. The Raiders were a five and a half point underdog. They ended up winning the game outright, 34-24. So that was a loss. So looking back at the picks, I went two and four this week. That's rough. That's rough, rough. Two and four. Yeah. But if you look at it though, that Cleveland game and the Patriot game, I could have easily won those and been four and two. Just saying. I New England. Cam Newton got stopped on the one-yard line. I was one yard away from winning that game. And Cincinnati scored a garbage touchdown late, which helped them cover. So, I mean, yes, 2-4 and four is terrible, but I could have been 4-2, just saying. So, that gives me a overall record through two weeks of 4-7. and seven. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. What's that like? Thirty-six percent. Yeah. Still shooting for sixty percent though. So we're starting off a little slow. I'm guaranteeing that I will get to sixty percent by the end of the year. Uh, so uh, I guess look forward to episode later in the week. 
where I'll look ahead to week three. I'll make my week three picks and we'll try to turn this losing streak around. But, um, but yeah, so that's going to, well, I guess looking forward to next episode, probably tomorrow. Uh, I will get back into NBA talk as I will look at the conference finals in the East and the West. There was a story of LeBron being upset with the MVP vote. I'm going to look and see if he has any beef with that. And then also look at the All-NBA teams and see whether they got it right. And which NBA, which All-NBA team would I take as my squad to watch. So look forward to that in the next episode. But um, yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you liked it. If you did, hit the like button or subscribe, follow. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, I'm sure my podcast is there. Whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, whatever. You name it, it's out there. But once again, thanks for tuning in. Be safe. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you in the next episode. All right. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 